4: the virus
0: coronavirus has killed more than 100 people there and infected more than 4500 we have to prepare for the worst always because if you don't and the worst
4: happens
5: war room pandemic here's your host
3: Stephen K Bannon okay Thursday 20 october in the year of earlier 2022 it'll go down and at least in British history is the shortest term I think ever for a uh, for a prime minister 44 days in a wake-up. We're not giving her the 45th, 44 in a wake-up. Um, Nigel Farage, by the way, we've got Steve Cortez. I've got Sarah Gonzalez on this horrible story out of Plano, Texas, of which she's been the driving force of. Ken Pax is going to join us. Cortez is with us for the hour. Peter's going to be with us, uh, uh, as long as he can stick here from Hearts Evoke. But I'm going to go to the one and only Nigel Farage. Nigel, a little bit roughed you up the other day when you're on here saying, hey, you saved the united kingdom by being the leader of brexit and getting it done not boris johnson it was nigel farage all those years and then to make it happen that your country needs you and as i said at the time she's not going to last through friday and i said on tuesday night she's not going to last through friday and of course she's gone on thursday tell us nigel yeah, what's I'm your assessment sure. of the situation and what are you going to do
5: about it the coup is almost complete um i mean she may not have had great political skills. She may not have had great delivery. But, you know, to be fair to her, she did try and change the direction. She did say, We've been, for too long, the state has been too big. Taxes have been too high. We need to reverse this. She was actually preparing to help small sole traders, small businesses, not just the giant global corporates. Um, and that, of course, is why they came after her. Um, And they really did come after her, the IMF, the Biden administration, uh, the German chancellor. um, And she's gone. And we are very much now in the grip. Uh, At the moment, we're in the grip of this man, Jeremy Hunt, who, you know, have a look at the World Economic Forum website. You'll see him there. Have a look at the fact his wife used to work for China State TV, Communist State TV. Um, So there's now a leadership contest. I would expect that somebody of that ilk will win. There is one slight wild card in it, which is that Boris Johnson may submit his name to the contest. Um, but, you know, even if Boris was to come back as prime minister, let's think about that long list of policy failures, that move towards the liberal direction. So, look, I, I still very much am of the view there's been a big coup here for the globalists, for the Remainers, um, and, the, and that the Conservative Party, which has been there for 200 years, needs to be replaced Um, It just is not fit for purpose. It's Labour-like. The question is, how can that be done? We don't have the presidential-style system that you have in America. That makes it very much more difficult. It has to be a political party that replaces it. And there's no way, uh, there's no way in the world uh, that I could do this on my own. Yes, I could take on the Europe issue. I could win European elections for under proportional representation. But if we're going to have a serious go at replacing the Conservative Party with something that is genuine and sincere um, and is not prone to the globalists, then it's going to take several big figures publicly to come out to be brave and to do it. So that's where we are. You know, I've, 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 I've put out this call. I've said, are there other high-profile figures who are prepared to get involved in this historic fight to replace the Conservatives. On my own, Steve, I can't do it.
3: Nigel, uh, what happens? Here's the problem. If the Tories get blown up, which it looks like they'll do next spring when there's elections, if they get crushed, Labour will come in, 10 years of Labour, and the country's finished. You, you, 52% of your GDP is spent by the government anyway. You have the Tories in their 12 years of being in power have essentially turned it into a quasi socialist country this is why i've said she went to the thatcher playbook we're not in a time that the the, the country and the structural uh, elements of the economy is so different than when thatcher and reagan came in you can't they would thatcher and reagan would not go to their playbook not today it's got to be very first off you've got to get your hands around the government's involvement and the scale of it in the economy so i i'm not a believer in the coup theory i know you are that capital market just sat there and just said hey what you're doing is ir- ir- irrational and they threw up all over it and the pension funds almost blew up but what happens if, if there's not a replacement now for the tory party somehow 10 years of labor rule what is england going to look like at the end of this decade sir uh, with labor as radical as they are what is england going to look like in 10 years from now
5: well labor are not as radical as they were under jeremy corbyn is the first and most important point to make I and mean, that would have been a really frightening prospect um, I mean, honestly, the truth of it right now is it's quite difficult to see what the policy differences are between Labour and between the Conservatives. I mean, after all, it's under the Johnson government, we've gone for wind energy, and the lights may go out in February, Labour will continue that. Um, under the Johnson government, we've had the channel crossing that we've talked about, uh, that obviously will improve under Labour, and in terms of economic policies, pretty similar. So, um, you know, it's always possible that Labour take a big shift to the left. But on the face of it, at the moment, it almost wouldn't make much difference. I mean, the British Conservative Party are not conservative. They haven't governed as conservative. So I don't want a Labour government. I want a genuine centre-right alternative. And, you know, whilst the circumstances are different to Thatcher and Reagan 40 years ago, of course you're right about that. The one thing, and I'm going to say this again, and it really matters, is we, one thing that globalism does is it produces a very, very heavy rule book with very, very heavy costs of compliance for anybody in private business. And that crushes out the little guy. It crushes out the medium-sized company. And the one thing I think where trust was absolutely right was to say we're going to change a whole host of rules. We're going to get rid of a load of EU rules. And I do think that giving opportunity for genuine, bottom-up, grassroots capitalist enterprise to thrive. I think that's just as relevant now as it was 40 years ago. And, and Truss and her Chancellor Quarre saying made it clear they were going to do that. But I'm afraid that's not what the big boys wanted.
3: Uh, Nigel, you've got a very big platform. Your show on GB is must-watch TV. It's a huge hit. How do people, particularly uh, the, all the people that admire you and want to keep up with this in the United States, where do they go to follow you on social media and where do they go to catch, get the show every day?
5: Yep, everything I do you can find on nfarage.com nfaraj.com, and there you can find GB News and all the other things I do.
3: Nigel, it's the honor to have you on here. Thanks for taking time away today to explain it to us. Thanks, Steve. Uh, Peter is—is is he correct? Is not much difference in policy between Labour and uh, in 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 the in the ca- in the captured the, the controlled opposition in power Tories. Oh,
1: be, Nigel spot on, aptly spot on. Under Keir Stammer, it's all gone to the middle ground. You've got Labour light, we call the Conservatives uh, Tory light, um, and there isn't much difference. Jeremy Corbyn was a far brand, was a hard left. Uh, he was a communist in in all his ideals. Keir Stammer is different. He is Sir Keir Stammer. He is an establishment figure. Um, so does the establishment coming together. And on, on the other side, of course, Liz Truss did want to uh, bring fracking in. She did want to cut taxes. She did want to look at immigration. And all those things are not accepted. So whoever you get in, if it's Rishi Sunak, there's no difference with Rishi Sunak to Keir Stammer and Labour. Wow. They are exactly the two, same. Two
3: globalists. Uh, Cortez, let me bring you here for a second. I know we've got stuff to go through, the American economy and, of course, Germany, inflation out of control. Europe, 10.9% announced today. England, the highest in 40 years. It's it's an absolute mess. What are the warnings you see as a guy that lives in the capital markets every day, warnings that from the U.K., both the economy and political class, to the United States?
0: Steve, this is critical because uh, no one here should rest easy thinking that those problems are going to stay across the pond, across the Atlantic in the UK because we are on the exact same t- trajectory. Now, they are further downhill. They are further along in their economic descent, but we are on the exact same path. And make no mistake, you know, we shouldn't uh, pull any punches about this uh, You know, or, tra- or try to coddle it in terms of the terms we use. The UK is having a sovereign debt crisis. I mean, literally the mothership to the United States, formerly the most powerful empire in the world, uh, the people who created the, the currency, which was once the reserve currency of the world, created the metaphor sound as a pound, which mattered globally. They are having a sovereign debt crisis. And that's not my opinion. That's what financial markets have thrust upon the country because of its its mismanagement of its economy, with interest rates absolutely soaring and the British pound absolutely collapsing right now. But the United States is on that same trajectory. And again, not my opinion. Look at what global bond markets are doing, OK? Global bond markets right now are completely rejecting the Boris Johnson and the British Tory agenda. They are also completely rejecting the Joe Biden agenda, right, of a lack of growth uh, and in, in not just a lack of growth, but actual negative growth, stagnation combined with absolute runaway inflation. Uh, right now, today, as we speak, Steve. 10-year Treasury yield, which is the benchmark for the entire world, all global interest rates from your car loan uh, to British government debt, all of it is predicated upon and based upon relative value to the U.S. 10-year Treasury. The 10-year Treasury right now is well above 4%. It is at 4.14% Ooh. as we speak. On a, For context, right. on Election Day in 2020, November 3rd of 2020, it was at 0.8%. It is more than five times higher Hold. than it was Hold then. It.
3: Slow down, slow down. The 10-year treasury is the instrument out there that guides most of your life, from your credit card to Correct. your mortgage to your college loan th- that, you know, the MAGA people pay off, the deadbeats don't. Zero, under Trump, on election day of 3 November, 0.8%, 4.1% today. Correct. That, Correct. that, One, that tells everything you everything you want to know, right?
0: Steve, I think we should show it in in chart form. If we could, let's pull up chart number one, because I I think it's important to to show folks. And this actually goes back to the beginning of the Trump term. This is 10-year Treasury yield. And the reddish-shaded part there is Trump. The blue-shaded part is Joe Biden, to show you what has happened in interest rates since Joe Biden took over. And again, for folks who might want to say, well, wait a second, interest rates are rising globally, or it's just the business cycle, or it's not Biden's fault. No. No, there were three massive policy mistakes. First, he attacked American domestic energy production. Uh, the, the Trump energy revolution. He went right to work attacking our domestic production. Secondly, he along with Pelosi and Schumer engaged in exorbitant borrowing and spending at the federal level. And then thirdly, along with NATO, but he was really the leader of this, NATO couldn't have done it without Biden. He massively escalated what should be a regional conflict in the Black Sea and turned it into a global conflagration, not just for national security, but also for interest rates. And so these are caused crises and this interest rate spike worldwide is a caused crisis and is caused primarily by Joe Biden.
3: By the way, that it, 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 when the bond market is like this, it shows you it's his. It's he's in terms of to finance his business model, they're going to charge you five times more, essentially five right. x more, five hundred percent more than they're going to charge Trump. But is that essentially a simple way to look at it?
0: That's the right way to think of it. Is you think of the bond market basically as being the global bank, okay? And think of the United States as being a borrower, that would be in a business, okay? The bank was willing to lend money to the business of the United States, because it's so believed in the United States, and because it so wanted, the bank so wanted, and again, the bank is global bond markets. The bank so wanted dollars, the reserve dominant reserve currency of the world, that the bank was willing to lend at very friendly rates to the United States. That is simply no longer the case. Number one, I think the dollar has been put very much in jeopardy as the world reserve currency. Number two, though, uh, the the bank, the bond market, doesn't believe in the business model anymore, not under this new management. And by the way, for good reason, because we have now out of control inflation and a Biden recession, and we can get to some of the data. I believe that recession is deepening. It is intensifying. It is getting worse. And I think a lot of of serious metrics out there point to a miserable Christmas ahead. Uh, So we have the worst of both worlds spiking interest rates with crashing growth in the united states
3: now we're going to get to all that we got we've got to go to plano texas next i got to get to this because it's 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 uh it's a it's a urgent problem that needs to be addressed and you've got some folks down in texas that are going to do just that but we're going to get to all the economic analysis we are hurtling towards a financial abyss the uh, when 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 he says that the Bank of England in the United Kingdom, our mother country is having a sovereign debt crisis. This is not what people look at. This is not Greece. This is not Italy. This is not uh, the sub-Saharan nation. This is not South Asia. This is not Latin America. This is the United Kingdom Bank of England and the pound, a sovereign debt crisis. Just changed the government out Two governments since the start of the Ukraine war. Think about it. Short commercial break. we to come back with Sarah Gonzalez. From Blaze TV, amazing video. We also got Ken Paxson, who's going to do something about it, the Attorney General of the State of Texas, all next in the war room. Everything's
2: just beginning, but the games you want to play. Bring it on and I'll fight to the end, just watch and see. It's
3: all started, everything's beginning.
2: fight rejoice the, Let's take down the CCP. You know
3: what's never good when your nation's supposed authority on economic policy completely misses the flashing red lights of impending inflation now Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen has finally admitted quote. And get the real help from Birch Gold today. Again, text Bannon to 989898 to claim your free, no-obligation information kit on protecting your savings with gold. okay the great team want to thank real america's voice and the great team in denver for we came and show it on we came and show it on the tv channels and the cable and the satellite but unless you, you edit it and look at the depravity. I could go on. It goes on for a couple more minutes. The depravity of it. This I, I you know, and Cortez is my co-host for this hour. We're gonna do economics. I know his head's blown up, because mine is, but we got to get this in. The great Sarah Gonzalez over at Blaze TV. She does the six o'clock news. The news and why it matters is six o'clock every night on Blaze. Sarah, the reason it matters because Sarah's Gonzalez. Sarah, tell us about this. This is and this is what I don't understand. We got Paxson's coming on in a second, a big hero to this audience. This is like the third week in a row. We've done one of these stories specifically out of Texas. So I'm not quite understanding what's going on there. So Sarah, explain, where are we? What is this? And why are the moms, it looks like, have these young children around?
2: Yeah. um, Thanks for having me on, Steve. I I appreciate it. Um, And I would love to hear Ken Paxton's uh, analysis on this legally. But from my perspective, from what I'm seeing on the ground when I'm going to these events that continue to get more and more provocative and grotesque, uh, is simply that the left has infiltrated red communities. And they know that if they can get away with this in Texas, they can get away with it anywhere because that's what everyone says. They say, Texas. How is this happening in Texas? That's the point. They want to prove a point that they can bring their depravity to a a suburban area near you. And that's exactly what they're doing here. Steve, this is the place that I grew up in. I went to Plano Independent School District. This is not the Plano, Texas that it once was. And it's because of the left's infiltration.
3: I, I want to say for a huge podcast and radio audience that you couldn't see, you've got to go to WarRoom.org and see Sarah's uh, video here. It's it's of one of these uh, drag queen things, but it's it, it's actually more depraved than most of them, and uh, all of them have been depraved. And this one, the language is so bad. We the Real America's Voice team had to bleep out, you know, two thirds of the first ninety seconds of it, mm-hmm. and it's in front of, and I mean, small children. It looks like two and three and four year olds, and they're sitting there as kids do. They want to mimic. What they're seeing where people clapping and, 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 and cheering uh, things on. Who, who sets this stuff up, uh, Sarah? And, and why is the – and I know they're trying to trigger a violent response, which obviously we don't want. But what is the community? Before I get to Pax on the side, what is the community down there? Because Plano, Texas and in, in these towns in Texas are as patriotic, hardworking Americans that are a family-oriented and everybody wants to protect their children.
2: Yeah, I think what I see at these events are a lot of people coming in from the inner cities uh, and traveling to the suburbs to support these particular shows. There is a a website, I believe it's called bestdragshows.com, that they have all of these shows kind of all over the place, and they go to the restaurants. This one in particular was called Ebb and Flow over at the Shops at Legacy in Plano, Texas, and they, they target these particular restaurants, make deals with them, make partnerships with them, and then come to these restaurants to perform these drag brunches. Now I will say, The left continues to gaslight me and tell me that I'm lying and that this was not an all ages welcome drag brunch. I took the screenshots. I have the receipts. This said on the website where you purchase the ticket, all ages are welcome. They did give a viewer discretion. They said viewer discretion is advised. But when you go to the Dallas Morning News for their events page over the weekend, it was listed as an all ages event. So this is clearly, clearly allowing all ages to come in here. To get sexualized, um, because somehow the left has this sick fascination with sexualizing children. This is why, uh, you know, we recently launched this organization, Defend Our Kids Texas, because we need to start holding lawmakers accountable. I know Attorney General Ken Paxton; you're going to bring in in a second. He has been just a force to be reckoned with, protecting our children. But he can't do it alone, and there are certain things that he cannot do. We need to start holding our legislators accountable. We need to start holding our local officials accountable because the LGBT community community cannot be exempt from consequences of sexualizing and sexual abuse of children
3: no it's not a protected class also i want to say by the way they're trying to get a violent response everybody's got to stand down on this on that aspect of it you must stand down i know people get worked up this has got to you got to go through the process of the legal and and the commercial to do this but sarah just before i go to ken it's defend uh, give me that website again i want everybody to go to it what is it again ma'am
2: it's DefendKidsTX.com, and i would urge them we are doing it in texas now please still sign up and join the fight there's a donation button there I, i'm not asking for a donation i'm asking for your time i'm asking you yeah. to join our list of patriots who are going to fight back and even if you're not in texas please join because our plan our goal is to expand this nationwide and tackle this issue
3: you gotta go nationwide it's a nationwide phenomenon one last thing you 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 your the video shows it's all ages the, the little children run around there are tiny right I mean they' they're right. looks like a couple right. of three year olds right
2: yeah this this girl had to have been uh, no no older than five and and that's the funny thing is that the left continues to go back and forth and gaslight that it was not all ages welcome. You can see the video for yourself. this is not a deep fake. Yeah. I was actually there. So, uh, you know, it's amazing the lengths that they will go to to try to uh, carry the water of the LGBT community continually to try to sexually indoctrinate our children. It's disgusting.
3: Let's go to Ken Bax the attorney general. First of Ken, I just got a question because, look, this is not our line of country, as we say. Are the parents that bring four and five year old, three year old kids there, is that child abuse? I mean, I'm just asking a basic question of Texas law. Is this child abuse?
4: Yeah, I would argue that it is. I mean, I think the legislature needs to further clarify this because this isn't, I think, anything that was ever contemplated by our legislators. I don't think they ever anticipated this. And so they probably need to come back this session, which starts in January, and make that part of the law much more clear for both parents and for local district attorneys and hopefully potentially for me, so that if local district attorneys don't prosecute, which many of them won't, uh, we can do something at the state level.
3: Hold it. Hang on for a second, Ken. What do you mean local? You're telling me the local prosecutors are not prosecuting these cases of 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 the thing is so depraved and so so uh, so evil that real America's voice. We can't even show it. We got to cut out half that we got cut out two thirds of the language. And if you look at the video and everybody in the everybody in the podcast and radio audience has got to go see Sarah Gonzalez's video of this, you're you're saying local prosecutors are not going to prosecute this.
4: I haven't seen it. And, and look, some of these local prosecutors are in very liberal counties that, you know, George Soros, but then they're not prosecuting a lot of crime. But, you know, this is also happening in counties where I'm at, which is where this happened. And we have Republican prosecutors who aren't doing it. That's why in most states there's a backup to local DAs, because if the local DA decides not to prosecute, he's basically nullify he or she, or they're nullifying state law. And so we have lots of crimes that are not being prosecuted in Texas because the legislature has never given any kind of backup to what the district attorneys are doing.
3: They're Republican district attorneys, Republican voted by people that call themselves Republicans and give money that people called Republicans and they're Republicans that DAs that are not prosecuting these cases.
4: Sarah are we're in Collin County. It's a Republican County. It's uh, every elected official in this county is Republican. And I haven't seen, any interest in in addressing this issue in this county or Democrat? It doesn't happen anywhere that I know of in Texas where any district attorney has done anything about this or tried to.
3: Do folks in Texas understand that there's a plan to keep coming for you guys? I mean, every week we're seeing another outrage in Texas. And one of the things people come to me and go, hey, how can this be happening in Texas? A couple other states, you know, it's hard enough to imagine any adults would do this. But I you think can see maybe some other it. states. How's it happening in Texas?
4: I think a lot of people have figured this out. George Soros has figured this out clearly because he's going, he's electing DAs all over our, our state. I think a lot of liberal groups have figured this out. Our law has a massive loophole in it, and the legislature can address it. They just have not. The DAs have been very powerful, and they have really lobbied to keep me. Like I tried to get the authority just to prosecute human trafficking, and they they fought me and stopped it. And all I asked was. Hey, I want to prosecute human trafficking where the DAs are not. In other words, I get they get a first right of refusal. If they want to do it, they can do it. But if they're not going to do it, then I want to do it. They fought that, and they have fought any attempt by my office or any other office to have the ability to have a backup. If we have a DA who, who is allowing crime, they can do that in our state. They can allow as much crime as they want from their friends or anybody else, including themselves. And in our state, the legislature has never provided a backup. And that, this is a long-term problem that I think the left has figured out, and that's why you're going to see more and more of this until the legislature addresses this or until it's too late and we lose and we can't fix it.
3: Ken, what's your social media? How do people get to you? Because people want to follow this closely.
4: Yeah, at Ken Paxton TX is uh, Twitter, Facebook, and uh, Instagram, and then KenPaxson.com is is my uh, website.
3: Thank you, sir. I'm going to go back to Sarah. Once again, what's the organization? Because obviously Ken's telling you it's got to be a grassroots effort. To put some muscle behind this, and that's going to be citizen-driven and mom-driven. Yes. What's uh, What's the, yes, what's the yeah. website? What do you guys? We need you at the forefront of this. So how do we do it?
2: Yes, thank you, Steve. It is uh, the organization is Defend Our Kids Texas, and the website is DefendKidsTX. Dot com. Again, we just we are asking for you guys to get in the fight. I'm sure most of your viewers are not the ones that are sitting on the sidelines um, already, but yeah. a lot of Republicans, conservatives, they call themselves whatever, and they sit on the sidelines. We need all hands on deck for this one. Our, our kids lives are at stake.
3: We'll do it. Sarah, at 6 p.m. every day, you can see Sarah over Blaze TV. Sarah, thank you very much for taking that video and having the courage to step up and uh, stand up for these kids. Thank you, ma'am.
2: Thank you so much.
3: The great state of texas you think it's not in your neighborhood you're wrong they're coming for you they're coming for the kids it's obvious it's not a random these are not random events okay i've got uh cortez to get to the american economy and how it's going to lead to a massive blowout of the biden regime on the 8th of november back in the warm in just a second Fair warning. Listen to this convicted home title thief explaining what happens when he forges your home's title and takes over as the new owner.
4: Nobody thinks that I can take their house and borrow against the house.
3: Oh, no, I have title insurance. It's in my
4: name, or he would have to get some special document. They would call me. You know, nobody's calling you. You're living in a delusion. After I've stolen the title, borrowed against it, or sold the property, it's 60 to 90 days for that person to even figure out that they're the victim of this crime. You start getting foreclosure notices. You've got four mortgages on your house. You don't even own your home anymore. It's not even in your name.
3: Home title fraud is growing two and a half times faster than credit card fraud. You could be a victim and not even know it. Here's how to protect yourself and verify your home's title is still in your name. Visit HomeTitleLock.com promo code RADIO. Then register your address for your no-obligation home title report, a $100 value you get for free. Again, get your free home title report at HomeTitleLock.com promo code RADIO. All one word. This makes a great gift for Father's Day and is less expensive than a few hours at the range. That's the letter itargetpro.com. That's itargetpro.com. Offer code Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N.
5: War Room Pandemic with Stephen K. Bannon.
0: The epidemic
4: is a demon and we cannot let this demon hide.
5: War Room Pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon.
3: Okay, welcome back. Um, you've got a punch. Uh, you're going to be around in the states for a couple of days. You're going to be doing a lot of stuff with us. Tell us about uh, Jeremy Hunt. Not good.
1: Jeremy Hunt's not good. Jeremy Hunt is a, a globalist. He was one of the he, he was one of the MPs who pushed the most for lockdowns. And um, he pushed for compulsory jabs. He compulsory he has, jabs. Yeah, but as they had in Germany and Austria yeah. until that was repelled. So yeah. he is full on. CCP. Well, his wife is Chinese, and uh, they're that whole area. But Jeremy Hunt was ready to rip up all these civil liberties. He's not a conservative in any shape or form. Uh, he's actually given the. Um, he's the Chancellor of Exchequer. Obviously, he is effectively running the country. That's like because, the Secretary
3: of Treasury here. He's running yeah, the country right now. So he's
1: the Treasury official because he was part of Rishi Sunak's campaign. She,
3: she, she's replaced in ten days. So that was going to be a leadership yep, contest. so and
1: next Friday, uh, the it depends how many run but they've announced the rules are by next friday um, britain will have a new prime minister whether that person is running the country or not who knows
3: on on um so you're going to have a in brazil on the 30th you'll have uh you'll have the uk right around then and then on the 8th you'll have the end of the biden regime a lot of global politics is happening right now you're going to you're going to stay in you're yep. going to stay the, the, peter's fantastic and uh we're going to have him in and out over the next couple of days cortez um the situation, by the way, Steve, I, I, we could get uh, Sarah given the pressure of her show, and Ken there. I put it in the middle of your thing, but I know it's also an issue that's top on your mind. not you and I are finance guys. it's not something we sure. normally do, but tell me about Plano, Texas.
0: Yeah, no, listen, and I want to connect it to the economics. And and here's what I mean. If we look at the globalists at the left, uh, what they chiefly value is their secular humanism, right? They despise faith uh, of any kind, but particularly traditional Christianity here in the United States. And because of that, they despise the family, which, of course, is the foundation of any just and successful society. So this attack on the family is too pronged. And so that depravity that we saw there in Texas, which I believe is firmly child abuse, everyone in that room belongs in jail. But that kind of depravity of sexualizing children, that is one of it's a two prong approach on the family. The first is the cultural side, uh, to try to devalue the family completely, uh, to demoralize it, uh, to remove it from the authority of parents. But then the second side, of course, is the economic, is that they want people to be dependent, to be economically dependent. So they want you demoralized and they want you dependent. That is the reality of what the left, what the globalist, secular humanist left is trying to do to us. And that's why I believe so firmly that the America First Movement, one of the biggest reasons that patriotic populism is finding such, such success and gaining such credibility with groups that were not previously aligned at all with the political right, groups like Hispanics, is that we offer a very different alternative. And again, on both fronts, and I think both fronts are equally important, cultural conservatism combined with economic populist nationalism. That is the winning formula. It's the winning formula for a successful and just society. It's also the winning formula for politics, as we're going to find out in now less than three weeks. We combine cultural conservatism to to stop the ugliness that we saw in that video, but we combine it with economic populist nationalism to make sure, for example, as a major policy goal, something that Blake Masters has talked a lot about and a few other brave candidates, uh, is a policy goal to get back to a place where American families can again thrive on a single income. Uh, that has to be a policy goal of our movement, um, and it is, it is in many ways the ultimate uh, economic aim, I believe, of our movement, and why we believe in economic populist nationalism. When we talk about those kinds of policies. Uh, about enabling and, and empowering one-income families. Again, when we talk about stopping the madness of sexualizing children, that's, Steve and we, when we broaden our coalition and when we bring in a lot of people who would have never called themselves Republicans, who would have never called themselves conservatives before. That's what's happening, though, right now in this country. So thankfully, we have the answers, but we also have to be very honest with ourselves uh, about the really the demonic goals of our of our opponents because that's the reality here. And believe me, it all gets back to they want to destroy the family, culturally and economically.
3: You agree with me that the parents and the people that put it on, the people in the, at, the, at the restaurant and the performers, that's child, no doubt in your mind that's child I'm abuse?
0: J- jail. Steve every one of them belongs in jail and that poor child right I mean to you know to to victimize a child to exploit a child to try to make your sick twisted social agenda uh, point you know and and to do it by the way I think you're exactly correct that this is increasingly happening in conservative areas where I live in Eastern Tennessee one of the most conservative culturally conservative places in the entire country this happens so I think a lot of these leftists are very intentionally trying to do it they're trying to stoke some sort of reaction right uh, and again all the folks out there your anger is is understandable, but that anger can never translate into violence. We need to do this through the political process. Uh, We need to do it through our pocketbooks, uh, which businesses we choose to support. We're not going to do it through violence, but I think the left wants that. They're trying to stoke that kind of reaction because they know how angry it does make people, and it should make people incredibly angry to see a child abused and to see it on videotape. It's incredibly upsetting. Uh, But again, stay the course. We are winning this culturally and politically. We're going to take a massive step toward that on November eighth, and I think if we elect, by the way, a lot of great uh, patriotic, populist governors out there—people like Carrie Lake, people like Darren Bailey in Illinois, people like Lee Zeldin in New York—I think you're going to see enormous change regarding the laws to stop that kind of madness that we saw in tech.
3: Now you've got Tudor Dixon. I mean, the, the list of governors—got the go- running in Oregon. You've got an incredible. I mean, we're right there. Talk to me about your assessment of the economy right now. We're, yeah. we're seventeen in a wake-up. Seventeen and a wake-up from game day. Walk me through your assessment of the economy.
0: So, and listen, this is a a, a news item that I've seen in very, very few places, and I think it's incredibly important, and it's incredibly troubling. Uh, This is data from the port of Los Angeles. Los Angeles Long Beach port is by far the biggest and most important port in the United States, one of the most important in the entire world. And because of our trade with China, and of course, we're way too intertwined with China, but that's another topic for another time. But because of our massive trade with China, that is the most important port in the United States. It publishes its data pretty regularly, and it just put out its report for September. If we can show chart number two here. And this is the container count of the port of Los Angeles and Long Beach. And I have it highlighted there on the right side of the screen. This September versus last September. Steve, I almost couldn't believe this. I thought it was a bad print when I first saw it. Down 21%. It's the worst drop for a September since 2009. And here's why it's particularly important, because September typically is a blockbuster month for shipping globally, trucking in the United States. Why? Because it's when retail is ramping up for Christmas. So typically the fall, late August into sort of early October uh, is really the bonanza period for logistics and shipping to prepare for Christmas. So I think what this is showing us very clearly, unfortunately, uh, is that stores are, are very well stocked because the consumer is so weak. And the consumer outlook for Christmas is unfortunately quite abysmal. Also pointing to this, again, in the world of logistics and trucking, let's actually look at trucking spot rates. If we go to chart number three, this is trucking spot rates. This is provided by a firm called Freight Waves, and that is trucking rates for this year. Uh, And as you can see on that chart, it is a miserable trend just in this calendar year of 2022 from the upper left to the lower right.
3: Hang on a second. Just explain how important the spot rate for trucking is. Explain what it is and why it's a good indicator of of how things are moving around.
0: Right. So it's the the rate to ship things right now. It's not a forward contract. It's to say, hey, we just got these goods and we need to ship them now. What is the spot rate? Nationally, So to connect the dots between this and what we just talked about with the port, we have a massive drop in activity at the port. Not surprisingly, then we have a massive drop in the rates that truckers can charge for shipping things then around the United States, much less activity. And again, this points, unfortunately, to a terrible Christmas ahead. And Christmas is when most retailers make their profits.
3: I'm going to go back to something that you know the debt your credit card debt's been increasing, but this is about covering living expenses. It's not because they've been saying, "Oh, the consumer's still robust." The consumer's still robust. No, if you go back, the big problem these retailers has was this massive inventory problem. Remember? Well, they got an inventory problem they got to get rid of. They don't need any new stuff. They don't need any new stuff because they can't sell the stuff they've got. So they they got it sitting on their balance sheet right now. They got to get rid of it. That's why the port. We're a Pacific nation, right? They're not taking it into the port, and then. There's nothing that needs to be there like tomorrow, right? Because the, right. the, they're right. already sitting on a ton of inventory. This means big time layoffs coming. As you said, yes. this consumer thing, and they keep putting it out every day the consumer's strong, the consumer's strong, the consumer. Yeah. But they're looking at credit card debt, and what that's running up not to buy additional stuff. That's just the cost of living, Steve Cortez.
0: Now, and by the way, regarding the cost of living, you know, again, housing. Let me show you a new chart, an updated chart on housing on the XHB. This is chart number four, and uh, the XHB is the housing ETF. So that's an exchange traded fund that groups together the home builders into one ticker. Uh, and that chart, unfortunately, shows the miserable trend for home builders. Home builders right now, year to date, are down 36%. The XHB was down almost. yesterday. Why? Well, because of the chart that I showed earlier on interest rate, because interest rates have spiked. 30-year mortgages are now above 7%, the highest level they have been in 20 years. So what we have right now, Steve, is the worst of all worlds. And here's why this is worse than 08 and 09. And there are a lot of comparisons to then. but here's why it's worse. At least in 08 and 09, as we were going through a terrible financial time, terrible economic period for the country, you had prices getting lower. You had interest rates going down. Now you have the opposite. Again, the American consumer, the American worker has been placed into an absolute vice where real wages are crashing and the prices for everything in his life soaring. Okay, that's the reality right now. But again, I don't just put this out there to depress people. Number one, I do want them equipped with the facts, facts that they're not going to get from corporate media, like that plunge in shipping into the LA port. But I also want people to be encouraged and motivated to take action. because we can change this. We can start to fix this mess. We didn't make this mess. Okay. We didn't cause this, but it's incumbent upon us as patriots to fix it and we can start fixing it right now. There's already voting going on in most of America. And for those who believe in game day voting, get there game day, get there early, uh, volunteer even better, right? I, you know, I think the best strategy of all is vote in person early and then volunteer on game day. I think that is the best way, uh, if your schedule allows for it. To make sure that we have a wave election and that we start to fix this economic mess. Because, Steve, here's the thing. It's not just that things are bad. It's that they're getting worse. Okay, And it's that the pace of deceleration, in other words, the pace of the crash is intensifying. Um, and and we need to be alarmed. We really need to be alarmed at these economic trends because everything I look at, Steve, and I've done this for 25 years, I traded interest rates and inflation for some of the biggest hedge funds in the world. I have not seen this kind of data that we have seen lately, even in 08-09. wasn't that, this
3: bad. And not just that, is that the, Obama, uh, the uh, Biden administration, it's all happy talk. You get right. Buttigieg. I mean, they're walking around and they talk about the most nonsensical stuff, their policy decisions. He thinks that basically field stripping the strategic petroleum reserve is going to save right. you. Right. You still, you still, and people have to understand because of the printing money and the paying for the fiscal domination of the political class, just paying for it and printing money, the global South, this is why OPEC plus it's just not the typical, Oh, it's not your grant. It's not your dad's OPEC from the, uh, from the 1970s. This is the global South saying, Hey, you know what? We've got the resources. You guys got this paper stuff called a Federal Reserve note that you keep devaluing on us. Maybe we'll take a think about how we do it. I'm not saying we should agree with what they're doing, but you've got to come back with a plan that makes sure they're not driving. They're not driving making this. They're not they're not becoming a forcing function to force you to make bad decisions. Steve Cortez.
0: No, that's exactly right. And, and by the way, to connect that back to our discussion earlier about the UK, I think you know we need to realize if we want to take a really big picture view, if we want to get historical about it. The, there has been an anglo-american dominance of the world economy for centuries and it was really a pretty seamless transition right to go from the uk as being the dominant economic and military power in the world to roughly a century ago the united states becoming the dominant economic and financial power in the world and it was pretty seamless because our countries have always been so deeply economically and culturally intertwined right operated basically on the same principles for the most part on the same kind of economic system and by the way it was great for the world okay that anglo-american dominance of the world but what we see going on in the uk right now what we see happening here in the united states there are a lot of signs that that anglo-american dominance is on its last legs okay and the other countries of the world realize that some of those countries wishing us very much ill yeah. okay that's the reality
3: the mullahs uh the mullahs the house of Saud, the russian kgb fsb the chinese communist party all of it this is the managed decline by our elites. It's about to become an unmanaged freefall unless we stop it, starting on the 8th of November. Cortez will be with us after the break.
2: We rejoice when the Let's take down the season. years
3: have proven that we need to be prepared. We constantly see government overreach, attacks on our communication and energy grid, worldwide conflict, natural disasters, and the never-ending assault on our security and privacy. Having reliable communications is essential. Now, don't get caught without reliable communication. And I'm here to tell you, your fragile cell phone simply won't cut it. It will not cut it. That's why I've partnered with the Satellite Phone Store, so you can stay prepared and ensure your vital communication stays private. They're one of America's largest satellite telephone companies with thousands of happy, well-prepared customers. Right now, they have a special promotional offer. When you go to SAT123.com slash Bannon. That is SAT, S A T123.com slash Bannon, B A N N O N. Get a free Amerisat satellite phone, 150 monthly minutes, free United States domestic number, and free rollover minutes for only ninety nine ninety five plus tax per month with an annual agreement. Now go to SAT, that's S A T. One two three dot com. Sat123.com slash bannon and get your device today. Don't put it off. Life can change in an instant. That's sat one two three dot com slash bannon. Do it today. Take action.
4: Here has arrived.
3: The new social media taking
4: on big tech, protecting free speech, and canceling cancel culture. Join the marketplace of ideas. The platform for independent thought has arrived. Superior technology. No more selling your personal data. No more censorship. No more cancel culture. Enough. Getter has arrived. It's time to say what you want, the way you want.
3: Download now. Uh, I would assume, maybe incorrectly... But while abortion is an issue, it nowhere reaches the level of interest of voters in terms of the cost of gas, food, bread, milk, things like that. What can a governor, what could you do as governor to alleviate the concerns of Georgia voters about those livability, daily, hourly issues that they're confronted with?
2: But let's be clear. Having children is why you're worried about your price for gas. It's why you're concerned about how much food costs. For women, this is not a reductive issue. You can't divorce being forced to carry an unwanted pregnancy from the economic realities of having a child. And so these are it's important for us to have both and conversations. We don't have the luxury of reducing it or separating them out. But we also have to talk about what a governor can do.
3: Okay, what what is this? She she relates what to to what uh, Steve Cortez?
0: Yeah, so that is Stacey Abrams, who effectively just said right there, kids are expensive and in an inflationary period, get rid of them. That is her solution, I right? to literally say that we fight inflation through abortion. Now, look, kids are expensive, Steve. I've got a bunch of them. I know. OK, and they're worth every penny and more, right, uh, they're of infinite value uh, to God and, and to all of us. But I, I would agree with it in a weird way. I'd agree with Stacey Abrams in that, yes, the issues, again, are interrelated. And what I mean by that is they are attacking the family on both fronts, culturally attacking us from the values perspective, attacking the family, but then also economically because they want us to be demoralized and dependent. That is what the Democrats are aiming for. They want a society of serfs and supplicants who are demoralized and dependent. The way you would do that, you attack family and faith, and then you attack their economic vitality. So in, in a weird sense, she's actually correct, but of course she comes at it from the completely evil perspective of of. Uh, evaluating children as just economic agents rather than precious gifts from God and precious new americans so i'm I'm glad in a sense though that she was as brazen as she was there because number one, I think she's going to lose and perhaps even lose by double digits, somebody who a lot of people thought uh was you know one of the rising stars of the Democratic Party, but I also believe that not only is she going to lose the, the gubernatorial race, but I think she's really going to help Republicans in the Senate race as well, and I think Warnock is going to suffer for being correctly tied and correctly aligned. Stacey Abrams, and I think that uh, that her, you know, just dreadful statements, particularly this one regarding children, is going to help convince some on the fence, persuadable huh. Georgia voters that they need to vote not just against her for the so, governorship, but that they also need to vote for Herschel Walker.
3: Same thing with Hobbs in 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 uh, in Arizona, and same thing with Whitmer right. against Tudor Dixon in uh, in uh, in Michigan. You guys, by the way, Stacey Abrams is going to lose by 8 9 points now, maybe even more. Warnock's dead Warner's dead in the water. Herschel Walker is going to be the senator because of Stacey Abrams. He's yeah. taken on he's done a great job in the debates, but it's it's right. Kemp's going to beat her by 8 or 9 points. You're seeing the same thing out with Kerry Lake now that you're going to see an increasing spread over Hobbs and that's going to help that's going to help uh Blake Masters and everybody. Because these sure. people are so radical. You're absolutely 100% correct. By the way, so CDC votes at 1 o'clock. We're going to have a, a all-star uh, group on the 5 and the 6 o'clock show to talk about adding this vax to the permanent vax program. A couple other things. DOJ, Steve Cortez, this is not from The Onion. We're not – this is MSNBC and NBC News. DOJ needs now th- $34 million to continue their investigation of J6. Uh, and they need that. They need that with the new – They're going. To, this is why I'm saying this lame duck – is going right. to be, they're going to try to jam everything in here. Also, Richard Haas has stepped down on the, as another victory, another scalp, stepped down on the Council of Foreign Relations. But going out the door, he gave an interview to the New York Times, Cortez. You know what he said the most dangerous thing in the world is? Not the Chinese mm. Communist Party, not the Russian military, not, uh, not ISIS or the Taliban or Al-Qaeda or, you know, Mexican drug cartels, right? Most dangerous thing in the world, wait for it is MAGA. <laughs> MAGA is the right. most... How does that sit with you, brother, that MAGA, yeah. MAGA and, uh, and people, people that, that say that Joe Biden's illegitimate because he didn't win on November 3rd, 2020, you're part of the most dangerous thing in the world. More well, dangerous and- than cartels and, and the right. biggest terror organizations in the world. Or the CCP, sir.
0: Quick personal side note here. I doubt he remembers me, but Richard Haas was one of my teachers at Georgetown. So, uh, little did he know then that way back in the 1990s, he was, he was teaching a young man who would become uh, a, a primary spokesman for this movement that he now regards as more dangerous than jihadis, more dangerous than the Chinese Communist Party. Look, he was a fool then, by the way, as a professor. Um, and he's a fool now. He is part of the Washington foreign policy establishment, which has made itself Incredibly wealthy, uh, made itself incredibly powerful while being wrong about every major foreign policy decision for decades in this country and plunging the United States into needless foreign interventions and endless wars, which cost us so dearly, both in terms of lives and treasure. This is one of the key drivers of our movement, right? All the way back in 2015, 2016 was the fact that we had the guts to stand up against the establishment of both parties and say enough. this war making enough to this foreign meddling we demand a foreign policy of realism and restraint and richard haas is the exact opposite okay he is the dean of interventionists um and i'm glad that he's gone from his post i don't even know why he is but it's probably going to be better for washington dc and we should we should never listen to these people steve who have been wrong about everything forever they are the foreign policy equivalent of what Jim Cramer is to financial markets, okay? If somebody has a multi-year track record of being constantly wrong about the most important questions, you stop listening to them about their supposed expertise. True for uh, Jim Cramer, true for Richard Haas.
3: By the way, New York Post is reporting that the Biden inner circle doesn't think that Kevin McCarthy is really gonna be that tough on this, uh, on, hey, you're not gonna get a blank checkbook. This is absolutely critical. No more money for Ukraine. The southern yeah. border is the border we're going to care about. The eastern border of Russia and Ukraine, that's a European problem. That's for Germany yes. and France and the new prime minister, whoever it is, to figure out, along with uh, with NATO, right? NATO coming up with European money. Cortez, yeah. how do people get to your substack? How do they get to all of it?
0: And I have a live stream today. I'm going to be the appetizer to War Room, so come and see me at 4 p.m. on media malfeasance. I'm going to talk about the media and its dishonesty at 4 p.m., so that is the the warm-up yeah. act or war room at five. So please find me there on getter at Steve is my handle.
3: Okay, Steve Cortez, thank you very much. The administrative state's totally out of control all day long today, starting with the CDC vote. We're gonna be packed from five to seven with all of that, also more economic news. And we're gonna get down and dirty on some politics as we're 17 and a wake up away from the most important midterm election since 1862 and a massive red tsunami is uh, developing. Of course, it all depends on you, on how you volunteer, where you go, you gotta be a poll worker, gotta be a, a election official, get out the vote, all of it back here at five o'clock, see you then. That's code warroom at checkout to save sixty-seven percent. And do it again. War room Health, all one word, warroomhealth.com. Go there today. You need if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart, you need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there, do it today. Check it out.